0: unaware that he would soon be dead, he delivered his final lecture with great enthusiasm and commitment. Friday had been a long day, but the hours had passed quickly. His audience was attentive, and it warmed Jakob Albin's heart that so many people besides himself were interested in the subject. When he realised just a few days later that all was lost, he would briefly wonder if it had been his last lecture that did it, whether he'd been too open in the question-and-answer session, revealed that he was in possession of knowledge nobody wanted him to have. But he did not really think so. Up until the very moment of his death, he was convinced it would have been impossible to ward off disaster. When he felt the pressure of the hard hunting pistol against his temple, everything was already over but it did not stop him from feeling great regret that his life had to end there. He still had so much to give. Over the years, Jacob had given more lectures than he could remember, and he knew he had put his talent as a fine speaker to good use. The content of his lecture was usually much the same, as were the questions that followed it. The audience varied. Sometimes its members had been instructed to attend. "'Sometimes they sought him out of their own accord. "'It made no difference to Jacob. "'He was at ease on the podium whatever the occasion. "'He generally began by showing the pictures of the boats. "'Perhaps it was a mean trick, but he knew that it always hit the spot. "'A dozen people in a boat that was far too small, week after week, "'increasingly exhausted and desperate. "'And like a faint mirage on the horizon,' There was Europe, like a dream or a flight of the imagination, something they were never meant to experience in real life. We think this is an unknown phenomenon for us, he would start. We think it belongs to another part of the world, something which has never happened to us and never will. The picture behind him quietly changed and a map of Europe came up on the screen. "'Memories are short sometimes,' he sighed. "'We choose not to remember that, not so many decades ago, Europe was in flames, and people were fleeing in panic from one country to another. And we forget that... Barely a century ago, more than a million Swedes decided to leave this country for a new start in America. He ran his hand through his hair, stopped for a moment, and checked that his audience was listening. The picture behind him changed again, now showing Max von Sudow and Liv Ullmann, a still from the film of Wilhelm Morberk's Emigrants series. "'A million people!' he repeated loudly. "'Don't for one minute be fooled into thinking Karl, Oscar and Christina "'saw their trip to America as anything but a punishment. "'Don't imagine they wouldn't have stayed in Sweden if they could. "'Just think what it would take to force you to make a break like that.' "'to leave your old life behind and start all over again in another continent "'without a krona in your pocket "'and with no more of your possessions than you could cram into one pitiful bloody suitcase.' "'The expletive was deliberate. "'A clergyman's swearing was apparently highly shocking. "'He knew very well where he could expect to run into opposition.' Sometimes it came when he showed the Carl, Oscar and Christina picture. Sometimes it was later. This afternoon it happened straight after the first time he swore. A youth sitting in a row near the front clearly found it provocative and raised his hand before Jacob could go on. "'Excuse me, interrupting,' he said in a shrill voice. "'But how the hell can you draw a parallel like that?' Jacob knew what was coming next, but still frowned, playing along for the good of the cause. Karloska and Christina and all the other Swedes who went to America worked themselves into the ground when they got there. They built that damn country.